listening to episode 201 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of season one of Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, starring Eliza Dushku and Tamo Pennicut. And last day today. Yep. Your last, last day. My last, last day. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Bittersweet at this point, but moving on yeah. and 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 hey, how fitting that I'm moving out of my room and you're moving yeah, into it. No, there is a little bit of poetry in there, I think. Yeah. Yes, and you'll be right next to Michael as I was for all that time. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I I know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely psyched about the the new digs and uh, not psyched you're leaving. I'm gonna miss you a lot, dude. I gotta tell you that. But uh, yeah, yeah. not to get too weepy on you. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're we're continuing the podcast. Yep. No no fears sure, there. Sure, sure, right. But you'll be right next to Studio B. So that's right. Who knows? Right. Well, you we have knows? to get you in there. Yeah. But all right. Well, before we go too far off on that tangent, Wayne and I want to remind you, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Emails at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. You can go to the website and leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab, record your own audio clip, send us the MP3 as an attachment, or just send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And we'd occur. And we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So, Last week, I mentioned all the shows that were getting ready to return, and, and a number of them already have. Mm-hmm. But coming up, June 22nd, Spike TV, which I don't even know if you have Spike TV. I'm not sure either. Okay. It's like, you know, it's like guys TV, but it, they're getting into scripted drama. And as far as I can tell, their first real show is The Mist which is based on the Stephen King novel. Okay. So I'm thinking, all right, well, let me see if I can get, you know, press credentials, take a look at the screener. So I go on, I get approved very quickly, on, uh, which is unusual. <laughs> well, it is Spike. Go go on their uh, screening room. They've got all kinds of stuff. No mist. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> this is <laughs> So I don't know. Now, also returning on Sunday, June 25th, is AMC's Preacher. You watch that? You know, like, I, I was, uh, what was I watching? I know, I know. You don't have time to no, add no, it to no, your schedule. No, no, no. I am I'm seriously considering adding this to the lineup. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Dominic Cooper, who who we know from Agent Carter, right. is uh, the main character. Yeah, and... Um, so I was watching uh, Better Call Saul last night, and they were you know showing the previews, and I'm like, you know what that that really looks good. But this is season yeah. two, right? Yes. Okay. And and I started watching season one when it was airing, and and I got hung up around episode four. I mean, not, nothing against the show, but you know how it is. You get busy. So I went back to it about maybe three weeks ago. And, you know, it took me like half an episode to remember who everybody was and what was going on. But, dude, it's it's really dynamite. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like and it's a short the season. Watching Dark Matter, you know, like the first hour I spent like, what, what, wait, what's happening? What was going on last season? Yeah. 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 Actually, I'm, I'm on episode two because Michael asked me if I could fill in for him writing this week's review because he's going to be in New York off the grid, apparently, which I don't know how he's going to handle that. Especially but, in New York. I know. So well, I get on the grid. Yeah, but I think it's like out, you know, your end of the woods Uh, in New York. Okay, not New York City. Out where, 
Yeah, yeah. Now, also Friday, June 30th, Killjoys is going to return on sci-fi. Really looking forward to that. So, you know, there are three big space dramas, uh, Killjoys, Dark Matter, and The Expanse. I I think I've really nailed it. And each is different. It's a good time to be a sci-fi fan, as we keep saying. It is, yeah. No question about it. So, And all three of those are confusing, too. Well, they are. That's for sure. Yeah. And, well, not confusing. It's just like it's. There's like they got a lot of pots in the. No, what's a, a lot of something in the fire? Iron's, Iron's in the fire. fire. That's yeah. You know, so like you got. All right. So who's that guy? And wait, what's the? And do they know? And like I spent the whole time wondering if you know, of of dark matter. Um, you know, because four killed that that. Well, they thought that four killed the, that girl. Uh, what was her name? Um. Nah, anyway, but I, you know, and I'm like the whole time, like, did, did, did he kill her? Like, or, you know, like, I can't really remember that and everything. So, um, yeah, I don't think he did. You're talking about Nick. Nick's, Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. He did. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I had forgotten that he didn't kill her and that the, you know, his like, you know, Lieutenant or, or whatever had, um, and they finally, you know, clued you in on that, but you know, they probably could have clued me in a little bit sooner, you know? I think a lot of these shows just assume, like, you go back and it's been, like, a f- almost a full calendar year since this show was on, you know? It's like, how am I supposed oh, to yeah. remember all the, the the plot points, you know? Oh, and then when Five puts those things up on her temples, right. and then the next thing you know, she's in some kind of virtual reality, at least I'm like, what the heck is going yeah, on here? Yeah, yeah, And then next thing you know, she's four back in his kingdom yeah I'm like uh, okay so you know they, they made it clear i mean you know look no, no, no. why can't they just be clear and concise like 12 monkeys <laughs> right yeah did you, did you uh, finally watch uh, the rest of season was the season I, four? I did i did it was awesome yeah yeah it's really good yeah but you know it's yeah. almost like i appreciate the uh you know doing the whole thing in the weekend because at least then you know like there i didn't have that confusion that from week to week where i'm like wait what the hell's going on you know like you just watch one after the other and you and like i I, you know i don't have that weekly lapse of forgetting what had happened the week before so right so all right now the the last thing i want to mention and i've mentioned verizon go 90 before it's a free service they're just getting their feet wet you know it's it's like netflix but it does not have the content but it's free they have all five seasons of Fringe on there. They have both seasons of Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Ooh. They have uh, all of Veronica Mars, which I know is not sci-fi, but it's a pretty good show in its own right. And one that I have stumbled upon, and I may end up doing a take five just because I have to. It's called Miss 2059 so it's miss 2059 as if as in a beauty pageant okay so the prem the premise is there's a female astronaut that's heading to an intergalactic space station apparently as part of a diplomatic mission so so we see her she's getting ready to uh be uh you know beamed aboard somehow and her sister comes to send her off and her sister is of course in her beauty pageant gown she's got her sash because she was miss earth 2059 <laughs> and you know she's a real ditz and of course when the process takes uh, go, comes on it actually sends the beauty pageant sister to the space station instead of the astronaut so right. that's where we are now they are short form so they're like seven eight minute episodes oh, okay production values are pretty good 
it's really funny, but it's not stupid. So I would urge you to get, you know, just watch the first one. Okay. If the first one doesn't lead you to the second one. Um, so it, at first I thought Verizon Go 90 was supposed to only be for tablets and your smartphones, but I went online and, and you know, I've accessed it on my laptop. So just, just go, you got to sign up. I don't think you have to give any more than an email address, check it out and, uh, you know, look for a take five somewhere down the road on miss 2059. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get to dollhouse because as we always say, that's what we're here to talk about. And this one is episode three of season one entitled stage fright. Written by Jed Whedon, Marissa Tancherone, directed by David Solomon, and it aired on February 27th, 2009. So what'd you think? Me. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't just me. <laughs> nah, I, I, this, this was not, not a, a great one. So the, the thing I, I like, you know, I, it, it got a bit heavy handed, but that nice little metaphor that they set up where... You know, the Reina feeling like she's trapped and a prisoner. And she's confessing this to Echo, who actually is and actually has zero freedom, right? And the, the right. irony therein, and it got a bit heavy-handed, but it still is a nice little, like, comparison there, right? Right. I mean, she even says she's simply who other people want her to be. Right. And, and as you said, the, the parallel with, with the dolls, but... Uh, obviously uh, echo in particular you know but but part of my problem is i don't think we really connect with reina at all so i i don't know whether that is the fault of jamie lee kirchner who plays reina uh she's also a series regular on bull starring michael weatherly i've mentioned that one (laughs) before so, you know, it's hard to say whether it's the writing, the directing, the acting, but well, I, just, I just think yeah, like, the whole thing of her trying to commit suicide by stalker, I think this it just seems just such a preposterous idea. You know, not that people yes. get depressed and everything, but it's just like, well, and, and not that superstars and pop stars can't be sad and, you know, we just lost Chris Cornell, right? I mean, sure. so... You know, like the assumption that well, they're they're famous and and wealthy, so they must be happy. You know, is not not necessarily a thing. But this whole thing with her having this agreement with her stalker, and her stalker's going to kill her, and everything—it's just like really, like I don't know. It just seemed like such a goofy idea and a little far fetched. Right, and I mean, look, we're willing to take certain leaps. Sure because of the nature of the show but but as you said that was just a little preposterous yeah. was a great word to use they made so. us leap a little further than i'm willing to leap all right now for the second week in a row we've got a psycho at the heart of the engagement so i i, I don't know that that was a wise choice you know from a you know writing standpoint but again it is what it is and you ne- and you never know what the intended order, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever really heard anything about the intended yeah, order. I haven't either, but, on, you know, I mean, clearly these last couple were, were standalones, but it seems like really, well, I mean, because they do have, you know, they, they do have threads running one from the other, like, you know, Boyd getting patched up at the beginning of this one. So, you know, it's clearly meant to come after, but, uh, you know, it, 
they could easily take that scene out and it could be somewhere else and everything, but. Sure. And and now we get no real progress on the alpha storyline. So in terms of how the episodes put together, I mean, we certainly get the engagement, which takes up the bulk of the episode. And, and then we get a little bit of Ballard and his continuing pursuit of the dollhouse. But the one theme that I did like uh, that ran through the episode was that whole idea of friends help each other out. And, and you know, we start to see that connection between Echo and Sierra, yep. which you know, we assume will come into play later on. Obviously the actives are not completely blank, right? Sure. I mean, they've got to have a basic operating system for lack of a better term right. that, that allows them to do certain things, but you get the idea that they're not supposed to be forming connections with each other. And, you know, we see at the end there when, Sierra starts to walk towards Echo and Echo just nods her off like, no, 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 no. And two things there, obviously one, an awareness of each other and two, Echo, an awareness that them interacting is forbidden. Right. You know? So there's- Yeah, Yeah, that that was huge, by the way. Yeah, it is huge. Absolutely. And I don't know if I caught that like the first time around because, you know, like- when I saw it, I was like, whoa, what was that? You know, like, I, I don't think I, and I've, I've seen this like twice before. So I must have caught it before, but, but I, I don't really recall that. And, uh, cause I was kind of like, whoa, did, did she just, she just did that, you know? So, yeah. And it was so subtle. And then I guess we have to consider, you know, well, let's say for the sake of argument that personal connections are allowed, which, seems highly improbable i mean we look at the scene with the communal shower right so you know here we've got you know two women that you know the connection just seems to be friends but you know down the road if if you know we start getting sexual connections between male and female then you you got a whole other set of issues with with you know pregnancy or although who knows well, right, but who knows whether they've injected them with some sort of birth control. I mean, right. well, you we think, don't know. You'd think that they okay. you know, would have. All right, now, now, this is certainly something that neither of us could have considered the first time we watched the show. But now that we have Westworld in, uh-huh. you know, in, in play, and the fact that Maeve escapes, gets on the train, and is so close to integrating into the real world, do we kind of have to look at Westworld a little differently and, and maybe even Dollhouse a little differently, but you know, there, there does seem to be that kind of connection forming to, you know, like we talked about Topher's hubris and assuming that he is in control here and he's got everything under control when he so doesn't. Yeah. Uh, no question. Yeah. Uh, now they continue to establish that there's something special about echo. And, and of course that said, Dominic's insistent that she be warehoused yeah, man, what's with this guy? Yeah, in, in contrast to DeWitt's willingness to give Echo some space is really something to, to continue watching. And, and of course, who's going to be proved correct? And like I said last week, I mean, Dominic's not wrong in his approach because he is tasked with protecting the dollhouse. And to take one active out of many doesn't seem to be that important. DeWitt clearly sees it another way. Does DeWitt know yeah. something that we don't? I, I mean, I think so. Just because the the latitude that they give Echo in in this episode seems to demonstrate that 
you know, DeWitt does think there's something special about her and that there's – so th- then we think, that, well, there must be something she knows that we don't, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, the the other character that – and again, we, we love Amy Acker. It'd be nice to get more Amy Acker. And, of course, we know we will. But it kind of establishes Dr. Saunders as somebody that really, truly cares about the well-being of the actives – doesn't see them merely as company property, which is not unlike Boyd, which is why the two of them seem to be on the same page. And and that's another relationship that will be something that we'll want to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of sparkage going on here between uh, Boyd and Dr. Saunders. Yeah, really, you think? I guess I didn't really pick that up. I mean, I guess I really looked at it as professional. See, I see Boyd at this point is still just really professional that he's in the dollhouse and he understands that the vast majority of actives are probably going on sexual engagements. And I think that still is difficult for him to, to accept. Right. Right. Well, I'm not saying he's like, you know, ripping her clothes off or anything, but I just think there was some, there seemed to be some interest there between those two that was beyond just professional. It seemed to me, you know, there was nothing overt, I think, but there was just some like looks and the way she was like standing, the way she kind of reacted to him and he to her that uh, seemed like it's kind of like early days flirtatious type of things. And I think, you know, especially when they kind of realize that they agree with, you know, in their outlook on the, the actives and everything, that that might be another thing that kind of draws them together. Well, speaking of overt, the opening scene, you know, we're at a concert, this young, sexy female singer, dancer. I don't know. It seems like a relatively small audience, so maybe it's a a club. Right. Suddenly, the music and singing stop when one of the backup singers or dancers is on fire. And we assume it's from- Because that's that's an important plot point, right? Oh, right, right, right. So, you know, we assume from the stage pyrotechnics. And then, of course, we get that scene of creepy guy staring at the stage. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, creepy guy just really was not very well. Developed. And that's part of the problem with this episode is that, you know, like, I mean, you know, like I told you last week that, you know, my son thought that the bad guy was like one of the best characters in the entire series because they really developed that guy really well. You know, and so he was a very formidable bad guy and someone who, you know, kind of like was able to really drive a plot because he was such a good baddie. Creepy guy here is just creepy guy, you know, and. Right. And and, and you said mentioned driving the plot and that's, you know, in, in terms of the overall narrative, this episode really doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, it gives us a little tit- a few little tidbits as we've been mentioning, but in a short season, you'd like to see more movement. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, begrudge the occasional one-off here and there. You know, like and I said, you know, Well, I mean, Supernatural obviously is much longer season can afford you know to have the the one-offs more often. But yeah, yeah. Well, just like just like creepy guy as as a character, like in within the plot of this episode itself. You know, he's his motivation is just seems to be well, he's crazy. You know, and that's that that's the end of it. You know, and whereas and it, and it would certainly be. Well, I'm just saying with the guy last week, we had like daddy issues here going on and everything and, and his, you know, shoulder to the grindstone, uh, you know, work ethic that you know, there was a lot of nuances to that character that we just don't get with the bad guy in, in this one. Right. And more to the point, I think, and I agree with you, is what on earth would allow Raina 
to buy into whatever it is this guy is selling. You know, I mean, did she come to him? I mean, he's obsessed with her. So generally, you know, an obsession doesn't necessarily lead to killing until somebody rejects you. Right. 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 So it seems as if she is the one that put the idea in his mind to shoot her on stage. And like you said, I mean, of course these people get depressed, but that's generally not the way things get manifested, you know? Okay. Take pills, alcohol, drugs. I mean, there's, I don't know. It it does seem a little bizarre. So, all right. Well, we got the engagement. Echo is part of the singer stage show. And, and that, that was Eliza Dushku's singing. Yeah. So I did go back and do a little research on that. I thought it sounded like her voice, uh, and and it, it is her singing. So Boyd acknowledges that someone wants Echo dead, but the word from upstairs is that it can't be Alpha, and that and that's kind of the the only real piece of information we get about Alpha. And of course, we're thinking like, well, why can't it be Alpha? In fact, we're pretty certain. Well, maybe not pretty certain, but but we we, we kind of think that this naked guy we've seen or no, I guess he had shorts on. Uh, didn't I he? think he was naked. Okay, uh, the, we're, we're kind of thinking that must be Alpha, but you know we don't know. But Boyd is, you know, I don't want to say overprotective because I don't think he is overprotective. Doesn't think she should go on this engagement because of how dangerous it is. Also, the fact that she, you know, was just on a high risk engagement and they're throwing her right out there into another one, you know. Yeah, and now I guess DeWitt would argue that, well, that was wiped. She doesn't remember any of that, so no harm, no foul. But, uh, you know, of course, we know that's not necessarily the case. And I guess what Boyd's saying is that's not the point, that there's an external force out there that wants to do echo harm, and that's what he's worried yeah. about. And, you know, and he genuinely, you know, is wants her to be safe and, and like, all the time, so... You know, part of his concern for her safety is the fact that they keep sending her on risky assignments, and he doesn't like that. You know, so it's like his extension of his protection of her goes beyond just when she's you know out on a job. Right now, I love the fact that they did not succumb to the trope of having the singer's manager be the band. Yeah, guy. you know, you're expecting it pretty much the whole time, especially with the British guy, but, uh, you know, um, not the same British people are bad, but, you know, like in American television, a lot of times you want an effective baddie, you make him a British guy. and But yeah, so you, you, I was waiting for that all episode and then, you know, but they they quashed that pretty early on, you know, with Rainus. Well, but you don't really know. Yeah, That's I, mean, I mean, well, you, Oh, you mean with Rainus' admission? Yeah, yeah, with Rainus' admission. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not saying like earlier when we first see Creepy Guy, but when she, uh, and there's another thing, like up and out of nowhere, she's just going to confess to this girl who like just got this job as a backup singer. She's going to confess that she wants someone to kill her. Like, really? Right. Right, because while the manager is obviously familiar with the dollhouse because DeWitt knows him, he's been there before, so he knows what he has in this backup singer, but of course, Raina has no idea. Thinks she's just, you know, normal backup right. singer. And I thought it was cool though, the way she and Raina hit it off immediately. And, and that, you know, Eliza Dushku, again, it's one of those roles like orphan black and Tatiana Maslany to not 
be considered for the work you're doing, essentially playing a different character every week, right. as well as the character of the active, right. is is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the genre community doesn't get a lot of respect out there, man. Right. It's getting a little right. more, but but certainly when Dollhouse oh, was yeah. on the air, it got virtually yeah. none. Yeah. And and I really think uh, th- this the whole attitude she has as this singer is, is just really really well done. I, I really love that that character. So Saunders confronts Topher, as you said, about sending Echo on a high risk engagement. And you know, is it really Topher's call? I guess it's. I always feel like it's Dewitt. Now Topher could probably say no for this reason and that reason. And maybe DeWitt would follow Topher's recommendation, but you almost get the impression that at this point, no, DeWitt's saying, send her, she's fine. So yeah, I no, know. I think definitely DeWitt is calling the shots here. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, why is, why is Saunders getting Topher's face? But, you know, probably he might have some say over it. But, but again, Topher doesn't care, right? He's just too obsessed with like the next thing and, and tinkering and toying with them and, you know, like he isn't. I don't know if their safety is really something that even really crosses his mind a whole lot. I guess he probably feels he's in a position to call the shots, if you will, because there can't really be that many people out there that do his job. You know, right. so unless uh, unless everything implodes, he pretty much can tell Dominic where to go. I, I guess he's not going to really tell DeWitt where to go, but, but he will stand up to her. Yeah. But you know, like for Saunders to talk to Topher, she might as well talk to the wall. Right. I mean, he care. It's, he seems to really, you know, be as concerned with the actives as he would be with the lab mice, you know, to him, yeah. they're not, yeah. Yeah. they're, they're, they're things, right. They're just, they're empty vessels. Now, the other cool thing in this episode, we've seen more than one handler. You know, we saw last week with Boyd and uh, I can't remember who the other active was that he was with that guy in the in the van. But but we see that they sent Sierra in as backup as Raina's number one fan. And for everything that Echo is in this role, Sierra is just as awesome coming from a completely different right. angle. Yeah, that's and, and and it's so unlike everything we see her play in, in all these other right. Well, yeah, like you said the first time we saw her, she's coming in like the SWAT team and and killing the kidnappers and stuff and and now here she is as a you know, kind of anxious, insecure, you know, uh, fangirl. Right, but or even whether you see her on the 100 or shield it's it's uh you know again th- that's what was so so great about it the other developing relationship is between Topher and Boyd it's almost like you know Topher you better watch out you you might get slugged at some point i mean he's teasing <laughs> Boyd about being nervous as echo is preparing to go on stage and uh, what does he call her mama something or other uh some sort of reference to some sort of you know i i guess show parent but um here is when we get our first reveal of the episode, if you will, and that is that Lubov is actually Victor, who is right. a doll under Topher's direction. He's a doll, I know. Which then changes the whole narrative related to Paul Ballard. 
So that yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, well, because you know he sends you know, he sends Ballard to that whatever that warehouse slash basement place, and we know he, that Ballard's screwed. You know, we know that the dollhouse is sending him there, and uh, and yeah, because now before we saw Ballard is kind of maybe being in control and and getting close, but now we know he's he's not going to get anywhere. Like the dollhouse is totally on to him, and they're just sending him. You know, wherever on this snipe hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's falling for it. So it'll be interesting to see how long this goes on. You know, meanwhile, we see creepy guy climbing the scaffolding as the show's getting underway and then assembling a sniper's rifle. It was pretty cool when Echo throws that would-be autograph seeker over the railing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. as it turns out, he wasn't, you know, wasn't a threat. Right. And then right. You know, Boyd is doing his job, you know, looking for Raina's fan sites to see if there's any clues while Sierra's handler just seems like adult unwilling to really do anything more than the bare minimum. Yeah. Well, he just, right. Exactly. Like, you know, just wants, doesn't really have that emotional connection with Sierra that uh, Boyd has with Echo. Now, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the fact that she, verbalizes the fact reina that is that that she wants to be shot on stage and echo's like you want him to shoot you on stage yeah, like, i just want to be free i'm like Ugh. yeah i mean yeah. i mean the the episode like you well like we both said was was okay i mean I, right now I, I give it a b i consider it even a b minus but yeah i'll go with a b yeah i'm going b minus on it but uh but but yeah i, I mean it's just I mean that line. I just want to be free. I I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're. I think they overdid it a little bit drawing that parallel between her and and Echo. Like to in case you missed the nuance before, let's repeat it for you one more time with this line. You know. Um, well, well, it gets a little even more heavy handed. I don't exist. I'm not a real person. Right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. And heavy-handed is, is the uh, is is a great word for it. Ham-fisted might be another. I, I was uh, born in a lab. Stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, they're just like like bludgering us with <laughs> the, yeah. with the the extended metaphor here. So yeah, yeah, you know, like that's you know, despite my, my my need to be reminded every ten minutes of what the heck is going on in dark matter. You know, most genre fans don't like being smacked about the head, you know, with, uh, you know, with calling attention to what is supposed to be the nuances of an episode, right? Right. And, um, well, I hopefully you weren't going to use this line at the end, although... I got plenty this time. All so. right. Well, yeah, that, that scene where, again, rain is going on, I, I need freedom for my life, emotional pain, and then Raina basically lays hands on echo echo's like you can fire me but bitch don't think you can take me yeah right right <laughs> and again that just that that character she's playing is just and i guess really for for two weeks in a row she's really been badass as opposed to miss penn sure. in episode one where right. she's very well, good penn at her job had, yeah miss penn had some badass to her a little bit well know. yeah but not physical badass right you know? Right, I mean, I mean right. she was certainly competent, no question, but right. well, of course, that's what the dollhouse is all about, is competency. Sure. <laughs> so, all right, so Creeper Guy grabs Audra, 
sends a video stream with her as a hostage and you know he's angry that audra is her number one fan it's like all right come on yeah see yeah yeah that 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 too but i i guess what that really does reveal to us is that he and reina have been in on this for a while and right. you know that that whole line getting what you want may not be the best thing for a person I'm like okay all right God, we we got to stop being so negative here cuz cuz we like this show it's just this yeah. episode was not one of the better ones yeah i didn't really yeah yeah as we said we said we we established that right yeah right at first though but i just was the creeper guy i mean i know obviously he's not jake gillenhall but he kind of looks like him a little oh, bit oh he know? does yeah yeah so now that that whole idea of friendship that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Oh again, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, just really quickly because I, I just yeah. looked up that guy. So he's a uh, he's like a writer and editor for iZombie. Really? Yeah, he's written uh, like oh he's he's worked on like 22 episodes of iZombie. Now, do you watch that? Yeah, I love okay. iZombie. Okay, I, I thought I you chose, did, and everybody yeah. everybody tells me it's good. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I mean, obviously, I did mean to interrupt you, but uh, I, I just noticed that. And that's 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 pretty awesome, man. You know, like this guy's kind of a parlayed uh, career here. Yeah. Well, the uh, the scene in which Echo confronts Raina about her being able to save Audra, right? Because now we've got you know everybody's up on the scaffolding. He's got the gun. Tries to tell Raina that by saving Audra, she'll begin to feel again, which, you know, I guess in and of itself does make a certain amount of sense. Then wax her with a chair and then, you know, that whole line about friends help each other out. So right. again, establishing that that maybe there's going to be something happening with with Echo and Sierra. But the problem is that Echo is off task having kidnapped Raina, right? She was programmed to protect her at all costs and, and not really even know that, but to just do it instinctively. So here's really, I think, the, the heart of this episode and what, for me, saves the episode is this whole concept that she has basically improvised and been successful. And and that's what DeWitt sees and that's what Mr. Dominic fears. And, and you understand that. Right. That, yeah, exactly. Like DeWitt's impressed, and Dominic's like, uh, "No, no, this is not. It's not a good thing, right? I it's mean, a very bad thing that the dolls are thinking on their feet. You know? Yeah. I mean, she kidnaps Raina, takes her to the creeper, and now what are we going to get? A trade Audra for Raina, and and Dominic thinks, of course, Topher's responsible, which I guess in a way he is, but. As Topher says, some things don't play out the way you expect, which you would certainly think that's got to be part of virtually every engagement, that there has to be room for changing things as they occur. Maybe not to this degree, but but even Topher has to admit it looks bad, which, right. which I think he does. Yeah, and, you know, Topher, I think, has some understanding that there is some wiggle room here and, you know, even though he doesn't really address it or, or care to address it, he just kind of blows it off. But, uh, you know, Dominic is, you know, obviously the guy, the straight lace. I don't know if I've seen him unbutton the jacket yet. Have you? No, I haven't. Uh, so, uh, and he expects things to go down like they're supposed to go down. Like 
These are people, they're programmed to do something, they do what they're programmed to do, and they get out. So anything outside of that really bothers Dominic. You know, that's why he's so quick to just, let's just get rid of the things that are problematic. You know, instead of working with, instead of trying to figure it out, let's just get rid of it. And, and DeWitt and Topher seem to be more of the, hey, let's just let this ride out a little bit and see what happens. Yeah, she wants to see if Echo can save the girl without killing anyone, which, of course, is another conflict because Boyd has a clear shot at Creepy Guy, but DeWitt tells him to hold off. Right. And, and of course, Dominic the whole time, you know, off to the attic with her. And then and that scene as as Boyd and Saunders are are watching that she really is special, he, he tells Dr. Saunders, who tells him that being special isn't always a good thing. And, and of course, for you guys out there that have seen the series, you know how huge that line really is. Yep. And, and again, we haven't mentioned it this week about walking that line between those of you that this is a first-time watch and those of you that it's a, a rewatch. Well, you just, you just pooed all over the line right there, I think. Oh, I don't think so, you think? Yeah, I think you squatted on the line a little bit there. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> That's well, all right. We'll let it, I'll let it slide, Dave. All right. Well, well, Boyd recognizes that what Echo did by improvising on the mission parameters was almost as if by instinct. So, now, I guess you could argue that that was part of the imprint that Topher gave her. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, if, if you imprint her with you know, John Coltrane or Charlie Parker improvisational saxophone skills, well, yeah. then we can't be shocked when she improvises. So right, when I mean, it crosses over. Yeah, good point. Right. So, so who's to say what she's been imprinted with? Sure. But that doesn't negate Dominic's fears because, uh, you know, again, as we've said many times, uh, you know, he's worried about the dollhouse as, you know, th- this entity rather than just one individual. Right. Well, and as we learned in the first episode, there's things that get imprinted on them that they don't even really realize are there. Right. Until later when everything is, you know, going wrong. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Who knows what, what is swirling around in that mix. Right. And then does something stay behind when you know, the active is supposedly wiped? So, you know, a lot there, uh, what we didn't see a lot of, though, was uh, Ballard and his pursuit of the dollhouse. Like, you know, we did mention the the big reveal that that clearly he's being set up. And I did yeah. like the scene when when Luboff comes to see Ballard at his apartment, and and we see Melly confront him. And I'm thinking, like, damn girl, okay, I know you like Ballard, but that's that's a pretty brave thing to do. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and Luboff tells her. I need to meet him. Here's my card. Tell him to call me. Uh, and and then when they do meet, Luboff tells Ballard to back off. His bosses, the the Russian mob, don't like him talking to cops. T- tells Ballard the dollhouse is a myth. But again, he knows the supposed premise. And we talked about this. I don't know if it was last week or the week before with all the the cops that are giving Ballard a hard time, everybody seems to know the premise of the dollhouse. Right. Yet claim it doesn't exist. So, I mean, I get that on one level, but on another, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and why is it that it's only about, ba- I mean, look, we understand why Luboff, he's been programmed to tell him this. To, sure. Sure. You know, 
but the uh, others, I don't well, know. Uh, it's just like any urban legend, you know, like you don't, you, you know, you, you chalk it up, it's just that, an urban legend, you know. Right. It can be very detailed, but if it's an urban legend, you're, you're just, you're not going to really believe it. Right. Now, we also, though, find out that apparently Ballard hasn't been successful in other cases he's worked, and this dollhouse job may be punishment for his failures on the others. I mean, it was very, you know, it was just kind of thrown out there. So is the dollhouse his attempt to rehabilitate his image? Maybe. Maybe. But he compares the dollhouse tech to the development of the bomb that it right. will ultimately be abused by man. Sure. And which which is I mean, solid point, right? Sure. No question. I mean, it's like anything that, you know, if we can invent something to do this, well then why not do it to to do that? Right. Like, well, might not be morally ethical, but eh, okay, we can. Yeah. All right. Well, and and we talked about here that the the moral ethical part is just like like they just kind of throw that out the window entirely here, right? Like that's sure. not even the consideration. Everything else is subsumed to uh, science and technology. Right, right. And then, of course, Ballard gets shot in that that one interaction, which we assume again was set up by the Dollhouse. Although those guys probably really were Russian mobsters, but that you know somehow the, the Dollhouse put out word that hey, Ballard's close to bringing you guys in. He's going to be at this where you know warehouse. Uh, and then, of course, we see the scene at the end when Melly goes to the hospital to see him, which takes us to the closing scene, which we, we've already talked. But again, it bears repeating. It's not very long. They're back at the dollhouse. They've all been wiped. Echo and Sierra just pass each other. And as you mentioned, Echo is just very almost imperceptible shake of her head. Yep. As if, no, we can't acknowledge each other. Right. Because, you know, Sierra has like a smile like this. You know, like she changes direction to walk towards Echo, right? And Echo, she shakes her off. You know, like no, 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 no. Um, and as we said before, that just reveals a bunch of stuff that should not be happening. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to bring up about this one? Well, so there's one thing I, I did kind of like. So you know, there was the scene where the you know as things are ratcheting up and we're coming to the you know kind of the climax here, and the stalker is up in in the catwalk. And um, and Echo finds him with the stage light, and she tackles Reyna, and he gets two shots off, and we're like, oh my god, you know. And then it cuts to an ambulance that, and we're kind of assuming that it's an ambulance for whoever got. So we're, you know, we want to see who got shot, and it's Ballard. Oh, I didn't pick that up. That's good. Yeah. So they just cut to you know, but it it was it was cleverly done there. I thought. Um, because yeah, they cut the ambulance like, oh my God, who got shot? And it's like Ballard, like, oh, I knew Ballard got shot, you know, like, so. All right. Sounds good. That's about so, it. Uh, all right. So you're going to be oh, my, oh, one more thing, right, one more yeah. thing. And this is, uh, again, I, I feel we, I don't feel like we've necessarily slammed it per se, but we haven't been as kind as to others, but like, you know, like the stalker really, uh, makes a video of himself with, you know, with, with Sierra, uh, and he's pointing a gun to his head. He's like no mask, no nothing like that. Just straight up puts a video out there of himself. Yeah, so. good point. So, yeah. 
right. Anyway. All right. So you're going B minus. I'm going to go B. Yeah. Um, again, look, we love Dollhouse. We we've obviously seen it before. We we wouldn't have agreed to do it if we didn't feel it was worth doing. So sure. this is just one of those episodes that uh, it is what it is. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't the best. It was still enjoyable. You know. Don't get me wrong. I still liked it. There, uh, it's obviously there's still a lot of compelling things about it, but uh, you know. Maybe not as good as the others, but that's okay. You're not going to hit them out of the park every time. No, yeah. With, you know, we understand that. One more thing, actually, because I just kind of caught my note. We find out what Dominic's uh, first name is in this one, too. What is it? Did you catch it? I don't think so. Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Topher yeah. Calls, calls him Lawrence. Of course he does. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned it. you can't hit it out of the park every night. The Orioles don't hit it out of the park. Any nights, the last. Yeah, two well, weeks. the people they're playing do a lot. You know, on the other team. So, yeah. all right. Well, anyway, Wayne and I want to thank. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us tonight. Love to hear from you about what you think about Dollhouse or anything else going on in genre television. We'd encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community, and if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website we'll be back next week to talk about dollhouse episode four of season one titled gray hour but until then stop stop who's eating a mint is someone eating a mint